0: Awesome. Hey, yo 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 yo! Mike check one two, episode one ninety three, serious rap shit podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, we about to we about to go in. What's going on,
1: Josh? I'm chilling, man. Um. You know, football came back this weekend. Hey, you know he what was I mean? knocking niggas the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Jalen <laughs> Hurts looked like he might be a real QB. I love to see it.
0: I love to see yeah. it. I'm still, I'm still, I never was boycotting the NFL, but I'm still yeah. funny style emotionally towards the NFL. But I was um, Sunday night, uh, I had, uh, well, Sunday afternoon, really, um, I popped over by the local like record shop near me, mm-hmm. uh, the grimy one. There's one that's like nice for like hipsters and it's clean and shit like that. The grimy one that I like, I, I popped for over real there.
1: like diggers. You know, the, what I mean? the
0: real joint, you know what I mean? Um, and being be the real joint, homeboy sometimes is just not there when he's supposed to be. <laughs> so like all of the uh, the gate was up and shit. It looked like they were open, but the door was locked. He was off doing whatever he does. Um, so I popped into <laughs> it's this spot. It's like uh, chicken and beer. OK, like you just, you know, you order all kind of like varieties of wings and uh, also, they have like this big long like freezers full of like craft beers and shit. So I sat in there and like got some food and shit and like watched the game a little bit. And I was like, damn, we really like trashing these niggas. So I'm, you know, I'm always like, go birds. I'm always like, go Philly. But the NFL still is just like a bad taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? I feel so that. I'm, I'm happy to see it. I hope Hertz is like bawling out on niggas this whole year. You know, but it's still it's still like a little something in me. I
1: can't I can't fully reinvest. Um, I did hear I was listening to um uh Pomani Jones podcast, and he mentioned mm. that like a third of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, like 10 qu- starting quarterbacks in the NFL, are black. Yeah, yeah. And like he was like I he was like, I love the fact that he w- he was saying like it's crazy because it's like a wow that's like a lot you know what i mean and then b he was just like it's really wild to me that we're at a point now that that's not even a story like it's not a story in the nfl to be like oh like tag starting quarterbacks are black like you know what i mean imagine that in like 2000 how they were still saying talking about that they were still saying in like 2010 I remember listening to um, WIP, which is the local for folks not from Philly. Uh, that's a local sport, one of the local sports radio stations here. Mm-hmm. And I re- still like I remember then them saying like people calling in and being like, "Oh, black quarterback can't win the Super Bowl," right? Because I, I right. think at that point there had been like one, you know what I mean? And I, I think up until maybe 2006, no black head coaches had got to a Super Bowl or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, was Dungey the first? I so I think Dungey and Lovey Smith were the first black head coach because they played each other. One yeah. was the Bears, and Dungey was with uh, Lovey was the Bears, and Dungey was with the Colts. I think they were the first. It was the first time ever two obviously two black head coaches faced off in the Super Bowl. I think it was the first time a black coach had ever coached in the Super Bowl. Yeah, head coach. Oh wow! So they're both wow.
0: Yeah. Um, and Doug Williams was the first first black uh, quarterback, quarterback to win, win one, yeah,
1: yeah, and that was like eighty something <laughs> back in the days, yeah. Because I mean, like, and that's the thing is, like, even just that long. Ago, well, I just saw a thing the other day um, that they were talking about. Uh, I can't remember the brother's name. He was a running back for USC, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was the one who convinced Bear Bryant to integrate the Alabama football team. And it was like late sixties. Yeah. Yeah. And Like black folks still couldn't play football at Alabama.
0: Jesus. Yeah.
1: And it was one of those things where it's just like, like, I know, like, you know, obviously I, I'm, I try to be as socially aware as I can be. Right. And I understand that like, Oh, that idea of like, Oh, racism was so long ago is complete and utter bullshit. Mm -hmm. But like, To get the idea that, like, Alabama, which is like the powerhouse of college football now, Mm -hmm. and was at one point back then too, yeah, was still not integrated in like late 1960s, right, is really wild to me, really, really wild. Um, and like, yeah, that idea that, like, they were still converting, like black quarterbacks who played in college to like corners mm-hmm. and wide receivers when or they played to the NFL, yeah. because they were like, well, the black person can't play quarterback can't, can't, all the way up until like,
0: go, go ahead. Go, okay. No, go no ahead.
1: I was going to say all the way up until like the late seventies, maybe early eighties. I think
0: yeah. and so you, they they can't read the defense.
1: Yeah. That's what they would say. Can't, <laughs> I mean, you still get those criticisms of somebody like Lamar Jackson now, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, so somebody like Josh Allen, who he's like, he's not as fast as Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson is like a world-class sprinter, Um, but he, Josh Allen is just as mobile and loves to run around the field just as much as uh Lamar Jackson really does. Mm-hmm. The difference is no one ever thinks about Josh Allen that way because he's a white dude. Yeah. So like, they never say like, "Oh, he needs to," you know, he's never going to be able to. Oh, the league figured him out or some shit yeah. like that. With Lamar Jackson, it's always like, "Well, the league figured him out," yeah. and
0: it's like, "Oh, he has to uh, scramble and run because mm-hmm. he can't, he can't intellectually figure out, you yeah. know, how to find receivers." Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it, it's a really weird thing. Like, I, dude, I remember when they were talking about James coming out, and they were talking about like, "Oh, well, he's you know, he's can be a mobile quarterback," and I'm like, "Did you watch?" Him in Florida, he's not mobile. I mean, like he can move around like he's you know yeah. he, he's not Tom Brady, who's like a statue back there yeah um but, but even Tom Brady kind of no, but even Tom Brady moved around when he was younger a little more right but like James Winston is more like Ben Rothersberger moving like he's kind of a big lumbering dude who can like scramble for like five or six yards if he needs to yeah. then like oh he's not vic like you know what yeah. i mean and like that's how they like, kind of were talking about him coming like oh he's you know he can move around he's athletic and blah 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 and it's like is he athletic because he's black because like <laughs> that's kind of what i feel that's kind of <laughs> the feeling i'm getting here yo dog but it, it's crazy man it's really crazy
0: i remember as a kid, uh, somebody gave me a book. I don't know uh, who, who handed me this book, but it was definitely in the 90s. Um, and sh- Shout out to that person. But uh, the book was called Don't Believe the Hype, uh, fighting cultural misinformation about African-Americans. A woman named uh, Farai Chadea wrote it. And she had done like years and years of studying media and showing like how media represented black people on TV. And she specifically focused on how sports commentators and sports journalists talked about black athletes. And overwhelmingly, when uh, she like, there's one section where she's talking about like football, college and the NFL, she said overwhelmingly, when a black quarterback or a black player in general, makes a specific error on the field it's you know 80 percent whatever it was more likely that a commentator will will refer to it as a dumb play an unintelligent play or something that's a knock against that person's you know that player's intellect than a white player who made a similar or comparable play you know what i mean and reading that as a kid you know i should kind of like reinforces what you already think you know, as a young person, like reading this and seeing that she had done like an actual, you know, study of of how the media talks about sports, it, it just reinforced to me. I was like, I knew these motherfuckers was, ra- <laughs> was racist and this shit is kind of, you know, it's showing me like this is what's actually happening and the shit still it's it's better now. You know yeah. what I mean? And sports commentary in general is um certainly less like flagrantly racist The shit still creeps in a little bit from time to time especially on sports talk radio when it's uh the fans making the commentary yeah. you get you get a lot of those old like racist tropes against black athletes specifically
1: yeah and a, a large part of that problem is you t- like there's like talk of like decolonizing certain arenas like sports radio it needs to be one that has to be completely decolonized because the like in this city i'm trying to think of like black radio hoster there was there's ike reese and he's a former player mm-hmm. um i think he's the only one at wip and then at um the fanatic there's devon But he's like, he's a part-time host and like producer dude. And then there's Tyrone who's like a producer and he gets like on air with uh, Mike a lot um, because Mike like interacts with his producer all the time. And he's done that for a very long time, no matter who it was. Um, But like, I distinctly remember when uh, the Sixers became like the best team in the city when they were, you know, the playoffs and all that, when the, you know, when Ben and Joel, I'm shedding tears as I say this, um, <laughs> where like, you know, when, when that run was really starting to happen, like yeah. Ben's rookie year and all that kind of stuff, their morning show, um, was getting another host. They had, uh, aton, who's a friend and, uh, but you know, he's like, oh, he's a couple years older than us. So he's like a mid at that time was like early forties, white dude. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was anthony gargano who's like a 50 late 40s or early 50s year old white dude a producer who's like a mid to late 40s white dude and then there was a white woman who was on the station and i'm like well this would be the perfect time to get devon who's like a big basketball dude who knows the sport really well it'll be a good time like get him a good placement in the morning show like blah 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 And they just hired a a a 40 some year, like late 40s white dude who's a reporter. And it's just like, so now you have like, and and I think about it all the time. Like now I think about it a lot with like sports talk radio. It's just like, there's so, and I I remember this distinctly being an issue when the whole Mike Vick thing happened. It was, I, it was one of the times where I had to like actually get off of like listening to sports talk radio. Yeah. Because of how vile it became and how like. Uh, not out and out racist most of the time, but like Mm -hmm. such an undercurrent, an undercurrent of racism. And I'm listening to like a bunch of like 40 plus and 50 plus year old white folks talk about like a 20 something year old black dude and white folks who love dogs. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I love dogs
0: too. Shout out to dogs.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I have two of them. Like, I love them to death. Yeah, 100%. But z- the the fact is, like, they're talking... and Because, like, that's when, like, the news of, like, oh, well, some of these dudes were, like, folks that he had grew up with that, like, you know, he felt like he owed and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I remember, like, these dudes talking about, like, well, how do you, like, feel like you owe these people from so far back? And I'm like and i'm just like well that's because like you don't understand the culture like mm. you know what i mean of like hey some of these dudes might have been people that l- really looked out for mike when mike was a kid and like you know and he said like hey, hey some of these dudes were like dudes that bought cleats for me or they paid for my football registration when i was playing like peewee ball or like when i was in high school they was helping me out giving me money so i w- didn't have to be out here in the streets mm. i could just concentrate on school and ball and I'm just like, yeah, well, like so many of these dudes never had to worry about any right. kind of financial situation and- from the county and shit. Yeah. And I, and I and I really and it really made me go like, oh, this is like it's really weird to have 40, like especially late 40 and 50 year old white dudes talk about like what 20 year old black dudes do. Yeah, it's and like. Cause I didn't really listen to, I didn't really listen to sports talk radio during the Iverson era, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there was a ton of that during the Iverson era. It's probably rough. It was yeah. Probably so rough. like, I, I,
0: yeah, I wasn't listening to WIP then either. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I, so I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really start listening to sports talk radio. So I was like in my mid, like early twenties and shit. So like, yeah. I just didn't like, I, I remember like first time when I first found out about sports talk radio, I was like, Oh wow. Like there's like a radio station where they just talk sports. Like yeah. I just never knew that. Like I just listened to 99 or you know what I mean? Um, 103.9 was like mm-hmm. what I listened to. I never thought about uh, like sports talk radio. um, But yeah, I, I just, I, I I'm sure it was like terrible then too. And like, mm-hmm. and so it's just once that thing happened, it really had started to shape how I looked at like, Oh, there's like these, like, and then the one dude, uh, shout out to Ray Dittinger and all that. Like, but he's like, you know, he's like, it's, I think he's like in his seventies now. <laughs> and like, he, I don't, I don't really hear him talk about that kind of stuff. Normally. He more talks just strictly about the game. Cause that's yeah, what he yeah. knows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, that's fine. Like you can be whoever breaking down a game. I said, but like when you get like, I'm sure there's probably a ton of stuff now that's happening with like the Ben Simmons situation. Mm-hmm. And like, I heard somebody saying like, oh, he's out here just taking pictures with like his celebrity girlfriend and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if you were 20 years old, wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. Like if you were 25 (laughs) with $200 million, like you'd be doing, you'd be hanging out in your pool and buying Ferraris too. Like If, if I was
0: 25 with 200 milli, I wouldn't be pressed about basketball. You know what I'm saying? My pride wouldn't want me to be trash on the court or have niggas calling me trash or none of that shit, but I wouldn't be pressed about it. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's one of those things where you're just like, oh, this is like, this is definitely shows just the difference in like culture. Like Bomani Jones talks about a lot. He talks about like two Americas.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Like I I was watching um, the show Highly Questionable the other day and it was Bomani Jones, Dominic Foxworth, and Katie Nolan. And yeah. they said something about somehow they got onto the, the topic of like Jodicey. And uh, I think Katie said, Who's the members of Jodicey? And they were like, Well, it's, And they said something. And it was like in <laughs> Casey and JoJo. And then he, she was like, Hold up, Casey and JoJo were in uh, <laughs> Jodicey? <laughs> Their faces, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and the best is Dominic Foxworth because he's like he's like looking at his phone because it was like an off-air conversation, it wasn't supposed to be air, right. and like he's like looking at his phone, and then when she says that he looks up and he's like like complete shock AC, <laughs>
0: Jojo Joe, jo- their names are the name of Jonas,
1: <laughs> yo, and he was like. He was like, Well, I guess we know that Katie has never heard Forever My Lady, but she does know love uh uh what's the what's the John uh all my life, All my life, yeah. All my life, yeah. He was like, but she this does know all my like life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was <laughs> dude, I couldn't stop laughing at it. And it's I guess it's a thing of two Americas. Like it's just a thing of like, hey, yeah. we grow up knowing who Jodice, like I distinctly remember Jodice in in fucking like uh, leather overalls and shit like when they first mm-hmm. were coming out, boots like boots on know what and I mean? shit in the desert.
0: Yeah. It's I think that um one thing that uh I've learned and and really internalized and and continue to kind of like reinforce in myself as I get older is to celebrate difference. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One of the big like most fucked up things. There's a a bunch of like horrible fucked up things about racism in the society that we live in, but a a particularly poisonous idea that uh, a lot of us just kind of accept is this idea that we're all the same. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, um, and I think that white people culturally struggle with difference. You know what I mean? I feel like white people culturally struggle with not only acknowledging difference, but like honoring and not being hostile to difference. Mm-hmm. So in in the mind or the logic of our society, which, you know, everybody knows the society's racist, you know, and it is fucked up, but you even have like well-meaning white people and their formula to fix this shit is to say oh we're all the same yeah and it's like no line. yeah it's like no we're not all the same we're different and the difference in the variety is beautiful you yeah. know what i'm saying people when i see i used i I was talking with Liz about this a while ago um when we were kids when we went to uh woodrow wilson junior high school we used to do like um it would, it would be like a, a Indo-Pak day, like Indo, Indo-Pakistani day or like, you know, uh, an ethnic day. And like kids would bring in different foods. The mm-hmm. Irish kids would bring like in that. shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? K- kids from Jamaica would bring in food from like their family or like we would have like the Indo-Pak joints where like the young ladies would like sing and do songs and dance and stuff. And like that shit always was like cool to me as a kid because it was like, yo this is something new it's completely different i i enjoy this you know what i'm saying and and the, the acknowledging difference is not you know separation you know what i mean it's it's if anything honoring the difference in each other and respecting that shit is a way to come together if anything else you know what i mean or above above all other things and i think that uh when talking about sports and how sports is commentated on a lot of uh media personalities particularly white media personalities when you know talking about black athletes a don't understand that like you know black folks don't play by the same cultural rules and have the same values and priorities that you do but even like the style of of play that we engage in it ain't gonna be like tom brady you know throw a touchdown it's like yeah you know what i mean real real you know in, in his way like
1: stoic and shit like
0: that. hey yeah. like niggas got like flair to him you know what i'm saying that's not a bad fucking thing you see how uh sports criminalizes even in a game based on body movement and you know body dynamics professional sports and and collegiate sports penalizes black players for specific types of mm-hmm. celebration and body movement and all that shit. It's just, it's all fucked up. And, you know, I don't have a fucking solution to the thing. We just, you know, me and you, we just talking Stipple, and shit. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's just crazy to see. And I think that um, the ill thing about it is that we're getting, you know... Some younger cats, but I don't put too much on age because, you know, you have racists of all age, but, you know, younger people and also people of color and black folks specifically that are, you know, kind of kind of taking over a lot of these reins, you know, in in sports media in particular to have somebody like Bomani, who I don't always fucking agree with, but there's there's nobody on the planet. I, I always agree with, you know what I'm saying? Um But like when I watch him, I don't feel like I'm I feel like I'm seeing somebody who understands the people that he's talking about and commenting on. And I don't get that hostility that you used to get from sports commenters, commentators, especially like white, older cats who just, you know, their whole life is organized around sports, but they despise Mm -hmm. (laughs) the fucking players, that kind of shit. We don't we don't need no more of that.
1: No, it's one of the things I really enjoy about somebody like Katie Nolan where like there's several times where like race will be brought up or something like that. And like, she'll be like I, this. I'm gonna let Bomani talk because he can talk on this subject with expertise that I can't did, talk on. He did and, the like, math on this shit. And it's important sometimes to recognize like, you know what? My voice isn't needed in this conversation. Yeah. Or I need to listen and not talk. And like, I think there isn't enough of that in like the sports talk radio genre. And, you know, I, I do feel like, cause I, I remember calling into um, I Reese's show. This was a long time ago, mm. years and years and years ago. And they were talking about the issue of like renaming the Washington football team and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was saying like, well, I, he's like, I don't really have a problem with it, blah 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 blah, and he was like, I, I guess like if you, if there's a reason, yeah, I'm sure, like blah, blah blah, and he was just like, he was just saying like, I, I just never saw a, a problem with it, yeah, and I called and I tried to explain it to him as like basic as pro- as I possibly could, and I was like, I mean, the, the word is a dictionary slur, man, it's like you know what slur, I mean, yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a word that was like used to dehumanize um, indigenous people and all that kind of stuff. And like, we talked and he was like, Hey, I, he's, like, I, he's like, I, he's like, I can, he, he's like, it's not something that affects me, but I can understand why it would have bothered other people. And that's completely, you know, and I don't think he was completely on my side at the end of the conversation of like, yeah, mm-hmm. we should change the name. But I do think like that conversation was a good, like, opening ground for that you know what i mean yeah. to talk about those kind of things and like i said like you don't always have to like completely 100 agree with other, somebody else but like the idea that like we can have these conversations is really important and like i do think there's an issue like you were saying of like um there's a lot of times where white folks don't want to hear other people's opinions because their opinion has been the dominant opinion for so long the, right. the idea of losing that makes them very afraid and also like you said there's a lot of times where well-meaning white folks would just be like well i'm colorblind i don't see color like you know <laughs> what i mean i don't care if you're black red yellow or purple like yeah. you know what i mean and somebody
0: and, uh you know if, <laughs> if somebody said yo somebody got a million dollars for you is one of those guys over there you know what i mean you know de- describe them for me or whatever if it, mm-hmm. if it if it were something important you see that motherfucking color. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, that shit. And nobody believes you when you say that.
1: No, and like and like you said, we should celebrate we should celebrate what makes us um similar and what's makes us different. Like there's there's yeah. things to celebrate in that. Like because uh, Katie Nolan didn't know who Jodice was. That doesn't make everything that happened in her youth <laughs> invalid, it just means right she lived a different life than we did. Like, that's right. all. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, just means she grew up differently than we did. You yeah. know what I mean? That's perfectly okay. It's not, oh man, like, you know, we had it worse than she did, or she had it worse than, than we did. Like, it's just we just grew up differently she knew who different. she knew and we knew who we knew you know what i mean i'm yeah. sure she was like a big dave mathis band or some <laughs> dave matthews band or some <laughs> shit like that fan. <laughs> right i don't know like you know what i mean but you know she didn't know who we you don't know maybe she was listening to uh, maybe i don't katie nolan doesn't come off as a big Marilyn manson fan but yeah, like, like you Nine know it's nails or some shit no and like and more than likely she was probably a big pop person you know what i mean like especially like young women at uh in that she's around our age around that time probably was really into like pop music more than anything else um but yeah i i i I just think like there's definitely um there's this weird thing especially around sports of like race and, and especially when you got like people who are not of the culture like me and you've talked several times about hip-hop and like if you're from the culture you should be one talking about the culture i think in sports there's a lot of aspect of that too where you're like hey man like if you if you don't understand like what it's like coming up in very hard circumstances or uh you know if you didn't come up like mike vick came up i think it's really hard to comment on how he came up it's really difficult you know what i mean yeah and where's the grace? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like
0: if if I see motherfuckers in a situation that I wasn't in, my immediate thought is um not to like condemn them or whatever, unless you yes. know they do something real ill, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, I just I try to seek like understanding, and try to be like gracious
1: towards people. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think we can get to some of the topics for this week. Um this, I like, I just saw you post this not too long ago. This, um, this blew me away this morning. Yeah, this was like, I <laughs> think your comment, I think your your comment was like, I did not expect to wake up to this headline. Like, no, I did not expect to see this today. So apparently, um, Todd Ruggren, Philly's own, mm-hmm. um, was on uh, Donda or recorded a ton of stuff to be on donda yeah that just either made it or didn't make it or was like a second's worth of time that actually he don't even like, yeah yeah he's he like i that. don't know um go ahead you could i mean you might be able to break this down a little more
0: <laughs> so yeah uh the site stereo gum uh reported this this morning uh todd rungren basically todd rungren for folks who don't know um, guitarist. um, songwriter producer um has been around since you know the 60s uh was was super active in like the glam rock era you know the isley brothers covered one of his most famous tunes hello it's me you know he's he's um being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame yes with like the next class or or with the last class i'm, I'm not sure if they you know if they did the inductions already yeah, yeah. Um, but he's you know rock and roll Hall of Famer, uh, one of my personal favorite fucking musicians of all time. Um, you know he he said that uh, the producer 88 Keys reached out to him, which I didn't know. 88 Keys is just fucking hanging out with Todd Rundgren. that, <laughs> <laughs> that blew my mind too. But um, he said that I knew 88 Keys is tight with Yay. Uh and they had worked together on a bunch of shit. But uh Todd Rungren said that uh he told Stereo Gum that 88 Keys was like, Yo, come be on uh Donda, you know, Kanye is requesting your presence. Mm-hmm. And he said he played a bunch of shit on the record, contributed. Um, but the whole process of working with Ye was difficult. And this is interesting because for a lot of reasons it's interesting, but uh, for folks who might not be familiar, uh, Todd Rundgren is not known for being, you know, a fucking breeze to work with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The shit that he's saying about, yay, about him being difficult to work with. Niggs was probably saying that about him in the 70s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, which makes it even crazier. Um, but he said, uh, I have three albums worth of Kanye stems on my computer because I kept getting called by Kanye to add vocals onto the record. When it uh, got into the home stretch in July, I just said, that's enough for me. I have no idea whether any of this is being used. You don't get much feedback from him regarding what it is. So he go, he goes on to uh, refer to Kanye as a shoe designer. He says that he's just a dilettante at this point. Nobody would regularly make records like that unless they have stupid money to throw around. Nobody rents a stadium to make a record in. Nobody flies in the entire world of hip hop just to croak one syllable just so you could say you had everybody on it. So he's, like, really going in on my man, uh, yay. And it's just funny to see because it's like, yo, I wouldn't have expected. I guess, you know, you could could have predicted that Kanye would grab – Todd Rungren, he grabbed Elton John on yeah. uh, all of the lights. <laughs> so it's just bizarre and it's it's um indicative to me at least of this whole like bizarre world that Ye has yeah. constructed around himself. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just it's weird. It's very
1: weird. Yeah, it was one thing I really one thing I took from it positive was just like oh wow like i could imagine a lot of like todd rungren fans would be like oh kanye's an asshole i'd never work with him meanwhile like oh kanye's an asshole he's you know blah blah blah. he makes shit music while like todd rungren who's like probably one of their heroes and shit is like doing stuff with kanye so like yeah, yeah. it's always weird like you know you see uh the circles of like entertainment and like music and how they can like intersect. And you're like, Oh, I've never think like these people knew each other or were friendly. Um, It's all Illuminati. So yeah, absolutely. It's all connected. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you drink baby blood from the same chalice as each other, like, you know, you're much more likely to be friends. You're like sipping um, it. Like, yo,
0: you want to do a record? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yet, yeah. It also like gives you a good like because I, I, there was another producer who I can't remember his name who said like he had bailed at one point with the Donda mm-hmm. thing where he was just like, dude, every day it's another thing he wants done. And it's just like, yeah, it's it, we don't ever know what's happening from day to day and blah, blah, blah. blah and like he had just like took off and left. Yeah. It's more of an insight into like just the madness of what like recording this album was and like. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a large problem and I think like Drake has this issue too but like of surrounding yourself with people who won't tell you the truth Mm -hmm. and will just like tell you yeah 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 yeah, this is a good idea
0: Yeah, you ain't got no homies that's telling you like yo you bugging the fuck out
1: yeah and I also think this is the issue of like a lack of if an A&R is good and can do his job and does it well it's how you get really good albums. Yeah. I think a large part of the problem is having no, like a lot of these artists just don't have any, they're just like left to the whims of what they want to do. Yeah. And like, cause I think if you're in a more structured situation, there's no way that uh, Donda is like 30 songs long or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, You know, I think, was it, I think it was you. I don't know if we talked about this on a podcast or we were just talking in person, just like between the two of us. Mm. It definitely feels like walk hard where like he's got like, <laughs> you know, all these people in the studio. Just the playing DJ like... And yeah, shit. like they're just doing anything. <laughs> and it's because he's reached the peak of his power and he's like, well, I can do whatever I want.
0: Yeah, I, I think that like... um, It's... It, hmm you know i'm I'm speculating here, but I wonder how much of this you know, I get that people make records by committee, Motown did it, Stax did it. some of the great you know music of of any era was made by a committee music is is social, so I get that part these a lot of these cats, you know, yay and Drake in particular I'm thinking of are making these records where they're piling up producers. One person's like making a loop. Mm -hmm. And then they're, you know, the producer on it. And then another person adds a drum. And then another person does this. And you're making these big, like, bloated records and pulling all of these people in. I wonder if a lot of that need to include so many people comes from a lack of inspiration. Just like just thinking and wondering because like y'all are pulling all of these people in to make you know these grandiose statements that don't really say much yeah you know what i mean like what is donder really saying what is uh clb really saying Mm -hmm. you know about the world or even about like the internal world i get that drake naval gazes a lot you know he talks about himself a lot but like I, I I question like what is he really like revealing or really like yeah. uncovering and you know if you and i are busy i couldn't imagine how fucking busy they are oh yeah, you know yeah what i'm absolutely. saying and trying to make music through that storm i just i wonder if this like wave of like I don't want to call it hyper collaboration, but like hyper uh, specified collaboration. We have all of these people making these tiny, tiny contributions to this grander whole. I wonder if that's coming from a lack of inspiration. I'm just, I'm just curious about that idea.
1: Yeah, I, I I definitely think there's there's an aspect to that. Right. Because like if you look at somebody who, you know, you look at a, uh uh, a Little Sims, for example, of like her, uh, the record she put out last week. You know, it's pretty much one producer, it's Inflow for the whole project. And like, there's mm-hmm. a couple songs that like somebody else was a co producer on. But like, there isn't the just crazy distractions of all the other shit. It's just like, hey, we're going to make really good music. We're going to put some shit together. And like, I can see that like, uh, Sims was. Com- was very inspired by what she was listening to, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Where like, you know, maybe, you know, a Drake or a Kanye get down and then they're like, oh, well I heard this. like, oh, it would, you know, it would be really dope if we had this person on it too. Cause then that would be, and it's just like, the spectacle was, is, is more important at, at a certain point than like making really good music. And like you said, I think there is an aspect to like, I mean, when you're that big as a star yeah you're the music isn't the product anymore you are mm-hmm. and so like you have to sell you and not the music yeah um you know artists on like a low uh, on like a lower level um aren't doing that like the music is the product The that person is out of fucking hit yeah yeah and you know drake can you know uh a, a, somebody like drake could put out a song that's not great and it's still going to get spins no matter what mm-hmm. because he's drake so people are gonna be like well they'll convince themselves to like a drake song
0: yeah people will fuck with it yeah
1: yeah whereas like you know if you're a, a, a an artist on a lower tier you have to make a really good song you know mm-hmm. what i mean so the song is the product not the artist your own
0: people's you know won't want to give it up yeah, unless it's like that, shit gotta be out of there. Like, you know, people talk about how they homies, oh y'all, y'all homies gas y'all up. That does happen, but a lot of times, motherfuckers that you know, you know, will they might not rock with you as heavy as they rock with like a mediocre Drake thing. If Absolutely. you're, if you're a rapper or a music maker or whatever, your your friends will let Drake or Yay or whoever slide as you know more than i've seen motherfuckers on the timeline people that i know they know irl have made better records or you mm-hmm. know to me sounding better records than like yay has in years but the homie will go up and post about yay man donda is coming da, 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 da. they'll post about
1: yay more than mm-hmm. you know somebody that they fucking know <laughs> oh, is making this music and, and and like i do think that's a really big factor especially like you look at like a you know 808s and heartbreaks or a um or even like a dark twisted fantasy those records seem like and even something like all the lights feels like a direction to it like there feels like there's a reason why we wanted to sit with like 20 voices on it because i wanted to sound big and like crazy and like blah, blah blah yeah yeah you listen to donda and it's just like this just sounds a mess like it just sounds like it's all over the place this doesn't feel like there's any direction to it like mm-hmm. it sounds like it wants to be big music but it's not you know right. what I mean it ain't hitting that way and then what's crazy um
0: yay <laughs> pulling all of these people in and they still not getting the credits right yeah you know what I mean um for folks who don't know uh Ant-Man Wonder uh super dope uh, producer and composer. He's from Philly, North Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, He's a Philly guy, and he posted on Instagram the other day, like, yo, I'm on Donda, and these motherfuckers didn't credit me. How does that happen?
1: (laughs) Especially in a day and age where, like, excuse me, especially in a day and age when they're over the top adding people to credit sometimes because they're afraid they're going to get sued. Right. You know what I mean? Y'all can sample
0: Sam Cooke and say, or, or fucking Otis Redding and and say, featuring featuring Otis Redding. Otis Redding, Redding not on his record dog. (laughs) What are you talking about? I mean, he is in the sense that it's a sample. He didn't show up to the studio Y'all can do that, but y'all can't credit actual producers. It's crazy
1: because if that's the truth, then like Ron Isley is all over um, ready to die. You know what <laughs> <Right>. I mean? <laughs> right. So I, I, I think there is like. I just think there. I think it, it's it just speaks to the mess that was Donda that like this and like, you know, like he talks about like the rollout of like, oh, he's like fucking living in a stadium to do it. It's like it became more of a spectacle than like hey let's just make some music yeah he
0: did you peep uh he also said that yay and i was saying this to uh the list that um this isn't a unique take at all but yay and uh drake were kind of uh circling each other Mm -hmm. to see who could put you know the album out when or whatever in in response to the other um but todd rungren i'm I'm trying to find a quote he says uh they hurriedly wrapped the whole thing up and put out what is obviously really raw, unprocessed stuff. It's because Drake was running the whole process. Kanye was too afraid that Drake would one-up him, so he hurried up and released the album the weekend before Drake could get his out. And in the end, Drake ate his lunch anyway. <laughs> Todd Rundgren is clapping at niggas. <laughs> like, for real. It is... I I don't know. um, My edit is out. I'm going to edit this out. Dog. I think so. It's no way he got that much mental energy for this man. A nigga that you saw come up. Yeah. You was the man when he was still you know, buying pusha T mics off of eBay or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? He was he was probably going to parties, running up on niggas with a demo or a mixtape or something. You was already up
1: here. Yeah, he you already a, had uh late registration and shit out. Like classics, you know what I mean?
0: Classics, whatever you feel about, you know, yay personally, classics produced on the blueprint. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's it's gotta be it's something something very serious for yeah. him to have that kind of mental uh I don't want to say obsession, for him to ha- give that much energy over yeah. towards Drake.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's
0: some it's some shit going on that we don't know about. There's no My, way he's just that petty. Yeah, yeah. Nah, has.
1: absolutely not. My favorite part of that, especially like that ending part. Is the idea of like Todd Rundgren sitting there with like headphones on, listening to Donda, and then listening to a uh, certified lover boy being like, "This Drake record slaps a lot harder than Donna. Yeah. Like <laughs> that idea is fucking mind blowing, dog.
0: Todd Ruggers just somewhere in his fucking <laughs> studio in Hawaii or wherever. With, <laughs> he playing Drake shit on the big monitors. <laughs> like, man, this shit is crazy. You hear this too sexy shit? This shit is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't got nothing for that. Ain't even no singles on Donda.
1: Ain't even no uh, drums on it. Like, <laughs> that idea... It in my head is like just like oh my god it's, it's the emoji of like your brain just coming out of your yeah. it's fucking mind-blowing
0: we we live in a fucking cartoon dog. <laughs> <laughs> this, this whole last couple of years man this shit is like getting just absurder and more absurd
1: i don't know what version of the matrix we're in right now but like it's a so fucking it's broken
0: one it ain't uh, it ain't the good one
1: no um I wanted to comment. I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, before we get into our new music for the week. Yeah. Uh, because it is it's 25 years. Uh not to the day, but like a couple of days ago, or or yesterday as we're recording on Tuesday. Um uh, 25 years of Pac uh passing. Um Yeah. I distinctly remember the day, like I remember, you know, where I was when I got the news and mm-hmm. um how upset I was Pac was my favorite rapper at that point. Um yeah. and how like how it fucking like broke me and um I think about now, so much of his um legacy and stuff is so tied to the East Coast West Coast thing and mm-hmm. um you know the stuff with Biggie and uh and then obviously Biggie passing like almost six months to the day later. Um for well, forever. I remember being a young person, like in my early 20s, and, or even late teens probably, and my old head at the time saying, like, oh, they're gonna be forever locked together because of how it how it happened, mm-hmm. and me thinking like nah, like over time, and it was no, nah, it's they're forever locked together, but um. I think I, I, I like to think back on like the legacy of the dude, um, how impactful he was, um, how still poignant his music is. Right. Um, I I heard so many
0: tears, um, maybe like a week ago. Mm-hmm. hadn't hadn't intentionally sat down and listened to it in years, and it just came on. And like, it stopped me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like powerful, powerful music. Yeah. I mean, uh, Young's Teflon, who's like one of my favorite rappers out of England, out of London. And excuse me, his new record is going to be called, um, all eyes on me against the world. Oh shit. Yeah. And like, you know, that's a direct reference to of Pac's best albums. You know what I mean? And I, I, I saw, like, you'll see the, the signs pop up at, like, protests and stuff like that. It was like, you got they got money for wars but can't feed the poor, which is Pac's lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, like, how still completely... Like, you can go back and listen to those records. And they're... He, obviously, he passed 25 years ago and a lot of that stuff was recorded even in years before that. And how still, like, you know, a record from 30 years ago is still so poignant. Yeah. To, like, what's happening now. And it really does put you in a place of like, Oh, we've got, like, we've progressed a lot, but we ain't progressed that much, especially socially. No. Um, you know, and I, I, it does make me miss him in the sense of like, I would love to see Pac's opinion on a lot of the stuff that's going on now. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame that he's, he's gone, man. Like, I think he was one of those voices I, I, it's a shame, but in the same sense, like his voice was so strong that it still resonates twenty five years later after he's passed um and he's just he's he you know he's no longer like my favorite rapper, you know what I mean, um, but there isn't a time when I don't hear his music and go like, man, that dude was so fucking talented,
0: yeah, he's for me, he had uh everything. That I needed out of a great MC. Mm-hmm. You know, he had presence. Uh his mind worked in a unique way as an MC. He 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 had uh he had like a fire in him to to use the craft of MC and to talk about the world. A lot of motherfuckers can rhyme. Yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of motherfuckers can put words together and patterns and shit in real clever ways and that's a beautiful fucking God-given talent you know what I'm saying I'm not shitting on that Pac used that God-given talent that he had to create music that would hopefully better our situation on the planet you know what I'm saying you look at like musicians like uh, Stevie Wonder John Coltrane and they talk about the purpose of their music the purpose of their music is to alleviate pain and pressure that we feel in this world and Pac for all of the like nonsense that he involved himself in which was very you know real and he had his reasons for doing that shit the music that that motherfucker made was for us Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Humanity. So that shit, like, that's like a high accomplishment to be able to, like, come out. And he was so young and sharp with it. Big was the same way, you know, was so young and so brilliant. I think that's part of what, um, you know, if if anybody, you know, leaving the planet, unless they're fucking scumbag. Anybody leaving the planet is a a hurt piece for the community. And it's, you know, it's a a negative thing or a bad thing. Or, we you know, we take it that way. But for them to go the way that they went so young and to be so brilliant, we missed out on decades of these cats helping us. I, I couldn't imagine what Pac would have been writing, you know, at the height of the Bush era. Yeah, you know what I mean. While this motherfucker is bombing people all around the planet, or the Obama era, they bombing people all over the planet. What would Pac have said about that shit? What would he have done? That's the the real tragedy in this shit that we miss mm-hmm. out. We we missed out on that.
1: Yeah, I think the poignancy of like him because like he isn't like you know the super technical rapper. Although like he can be very very technical at certain times. There's some songs that he's, he's super um, technical, Yeah. but yeah. What he got over in emotion was way stronger and deeper than like, you know, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of guys that can, you know, a B, a B, a B, a B B through their, through a song. Mm -hmm. Like Pac was able to like dance on stuff that wasn't that and not have to follow that, like um, such a structured way. And He's uh, he's really is like the, the biggest thing I think we lost um, aside from like just a, a human being yeah. um, was a voice like a voice that I don't think um, I think there is plenty there is plenty of people in, who are socially aware in hip hop and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think but he was not only um, was he uh, socially aware, he was very popular and socially aware. Which was not something that was, you know, we always, they always talk about, oh, you know, like there's, you know, you're not listening to this person, but you're listening to this person and blah, blah, blah. Pac yeah. was able to like dance on both sides, you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. was, you know, at one point, probably the most popular rapper in the world. And, yeah. you know, he, and I think you were the one who told me this. There's like, you know, so i forget what you said somewhere in africa or something like that where like instead senegal. of like mc senegal yeah instead of like mc so-and-so it was like tupac so-and-so mm-hmm. you know what i they mean throw Pac in they in name yeah like murals of them and shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i i think that's what we lost is that like we had such a popular voice that also was like very very uh very aware of uh the situation we were in and yeah. i think that's what the most i think his long-lasting legacy will be that of like his social, socio-political message that he was getting across that i think is like really lost um not in hip-hop but in in our mainstream society yeah absolutely yeah rest in peace to Pac. yeah absolutely rest in peace Pac. um i guess we get to what we were listening to this week did you listen to anything new this week
0: yeah absolutely uh az do or die too
1: yep yeah.
0: yeah um for folks who don't know you know what i mean we, I, I think we have like some younger cats who yeah. listen who might not sure, be like super familiar but uh az's mcs from brooklyn um first uh you know made his debut on illmatic life's a bitch Stole the show. I still think Nas' verse is better, but, you know, that's just personal. Don't be wrong
1: about things. <laughs> Here we go. That's, <laughs> that's just
0: personal preference. You know what I mean? AZ's verse is absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, you've heard a million DJs scratch it into, like, other people's hooks and shit. Um, and then, you know, after that, he, you know, was in the game. and He, he released his first album, Doe or Die, uh, beloved record and this is like the follow-up you know it was yes. tw- 25 25 years later
1: yeah you know what i'm saying
0: years yeah. he, he coming with the part two and you know i enjoyed this shit i'm not usually big on like sequels to golden era records i i'm never yeah. i'm never hyped about that you know what i mean people like oh you know ho's gonna do reasonable doubt too that's not like yeah. a selling point for me it just is not a thing i usually care about um but as as far as like a new az record this shit gave me exactly what i wanted he's uh you know spitting that shit the rhymes are vivid you know what i mean He's talking about getting money you know uh however you know ways that he sure. <laughs> you know is getting it he talked about I'm pretty
1: pretty sure his wife's like a billionaire i'm pretty sure no fucking way are you serious i'm i I remember hearing that years ago yeah he's married to like a billionaire are you nah i'm pretty sure (laughs) i'm pretty sure we gotta google that dog that's that's crazy i'm I'm pretty sure i remember hearing that years ago Oh, love hold up dog <laughs> i looked this shit out. you you just blew my mind <laughs> i've had a few uh
0: instances in which you've said some shit on this podcast that made me feel the <laughs> way i feel right now you blew me away just now there's no
1: way az's wife is a billionaire is she like the like head of google like i don't know i i don't know if she's like or maybe she's like in line to inherit, like, tons of money or some shit. But, like, that's what I heard. I heard she's a billionaire. Yeah.
0: What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could, and <laughs> I think really- that was... Because I remember hearing somebody talk about, like, well, when's that? Because, like, Doa Die too, has been in, like, the talks for years. Like, he had talked about making a, a sequel to Doa Die. Yeah. And I remember hearing that one of the reasons why he wasn't so active musically is because he married like married into money essentially yeah he chilling
0: oh man why can't i find <laughs> i get yo okay so google's not helping me so we gonna go ahead and rock with that az wife a billionaire you know it's
1: <laughs> he the clearly... truth just like you know the uh the <laughs> You know, the little kid rumors when we were kids and it's uh, <laughs> like awful. Yeah, <yo>, it's <laughs> was fucking awful. It's, it's it's all those hood rumors that I've completely believed my whole life. Do um,
0: yo, you, you remember this shit where uh, the Snapple we, we go way back. The Snapple bottles used to be uh, glass mm-hmm. and they had um, the graphic on it were like uh sailboats like old ships yes. and shit. Niggas used to say they were slave ships. Yes, I remember that remember too. Because <laughs> Snapple was owned by the clan. Yes. <laughs> Which I remember that. You know, more than likely the people descending of the clan, uh like the clan's ancestors, they were probably like fucking poor planters themselves. They probably weren't like rich, you know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking plantation owners, but whatever. Um <laughs> az do or die too. um the pro- <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucked me up right there <laughs> the the production uh is dope he's got uh bink is on it yes. pete rock uh my man kg from uh naughty by nature alchemist insane, it? i love yeah yo i fuck with the alchemist joint a lot it's the alchemist is uh crazy. Is az Conway and Lil Wayne. Wayne.
1: Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne kills that record too.
0: Kills Wayne it. has been jumping on records, like just smashing it lately.
1: Yeah, because he's absolutely kills the, uh, smashing it. He kills the feature on Hitler where's Hermes joint too with with Westside. Yeah. yeah, he kills yeah. that record. Yeah. Um, I love
0: how accessible he is, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like uh, you know, AZ wants him on a record, let's go. Griselda, yeah. let's go. I love that shit for Wayne. He's he's really he's getting busy on this record, but it's really, um, it's a lot of joints on here that I really fuck with. It has like that, uh, you know, Az like rocking over like that.
1: Smooth, like lush mm-hmm. type shit It's it's fly all Listen, around. He had the best verse on that Nas on the King's disease one. Mm-hmm. Like he Killed murders that, that firm reunion joint
0: kills Killed that it.
1: shit. I, you know az
0: been nice you know forever so it wasn't like a surprise but it really made me like when he came on on that nas record i was like
1: oh man yeah he's not playing around at all no no az has always been crazy nice lyrically like that he's never slipped um I don't even know if there's a song I remember distinctly going like, I don't really like AZ's verse on here or something like that. Like he, he's always kills it. Um, His biggest problem has been like production. um, And I think that's been a problem with a lot of like older MCs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's an issue of like money or anything, but I, the the thing is the crazy part is they could get really dope beats from other artists. I think they just like kind of get trapped in a kind of thing. I think there's some aspects of it on this album of like, really bad hooks too like there's some bad mm, like yeah. that KG record the beat is crazy mm-hmm. AZ murders it Jahim is bad on it <laughs> and it's yeah. not even just like yeah. oh Jahim sounds bad on there it's just a poorly written hook it's a bad hook Yeah, yeah so I do think there's like there's some of that we still get some of those things that creep in of like oh there's this is a bad hook there's another song that has like um, a woman singing that's kind of a bad hook too um but lyrically az's on point he murders this record yeah. i think the beats in general are much better suited toward him like you said like that smooth like real like az's always been great with like these really smooth beats, really player ish sounding beats, mm-hmm. and him spitting some like smooth player shit, but so much like not like you know, 5% of stuff dropped in there, along with like yeah. um, drug shit and all. Like, yeah. he's gonna is, kick some knowledge and shit, yeah. he's throw
0: you know, a bunch of stuff at you.
1: Yeah, he's he's a superb lyricist who I don't think gets the flowers that he deserves. Yeah, um, because that uh, that first though, with that record is a certified classic. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing um, that on when we're done. Yeah, dude, it's so good, man. It's such a good record. Um, But yeah, he's he's a beast. And um, I think he, you know, I, I'm glad he like he was like number two on iTunes. And he was like, really, he was like mm. posting videos about it. It was like, yo, I want to get to number one. I was really happy for him. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? To see that, because I'm like, that's dope. Cause yeah. he deserves that man. Like he deserves to get that shine. He's been an underrated rapper. He's one of probably one of the most underrated rappers of all time. And he, he deserves that. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think we start wrapping up. Uh, you can get us on social media at serious rap shit on Instagram and Twitter. You can get True. John at John underscore liberator on Instagram and Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Indy, I N D I underscore SRS on Twitter and Instagram. um, We have a Vivo channel, Serious Rapshit Vivo. If you put that in your search bar on YouTube, you can find our videos there. We're going to record one. As soon as we're done here, we're recording one that's specifically for that. Um, So there's videos that go up every like five days or so, unless I make a huge mistake and fucking put the date wrong and it goes up seven days later. Um, Shit. uh, Yeah, but, you know, in in general, videos go up every five days and um, we have like whole bonus episodes that are up there um there's a whole bunch of shit up there go check that out hit us with a like and subscribe and uh we really appreciate that um we have a website serious com, where all our merch is at you can go there check out our merch buy something support the podcast um and we have t-shirts um that we did a collab with with incense and yoga the Abash ice t-shirt uh Part of the proceeds from that Go toward helping migrant families uh, With legal aid Um, Mm -hmm. And Other than that, we'll be back again soon Peace
0: Peace